0: Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, CJ Reynolds. Am I live?
1: Are you sure? Told me not to ask you questions. Uh, what's up, everybody? It's Sunday night. It's uh Teacher Talk Live. And or no, it's not. It's Sunday Teacher Talk. It's Sunday Man, night teacher there's, talk. There's so many that are the same thing. Um <laughs> Nahara, saying good morning. Um, so, for those of you that are new, maybe you just found this channel. Maybe you have zero idea who I am or what's going on or why I still have birthday decorations up in my house like it did last week. Um, they, this is Sunday Teacher Talk. The idea here is that we are trying to help folks, um, not just me, but everyone here in the in the comment section, are trying to help people out that are getting ready to go back to school and are you know, nervous because it's Sunday night or you're not sure because Friday left off so poorly or, you know, you want to try something new and you're not sure how you should do it. So I don't have the answers to everything, but this is a community endeavor. I'm just the talking head. And then everybody else has all these great answers on the side uh, that really happens. Like last week I was reading through the comments and there's tons of great stuff being kind of talked about and like people helping each other out. And I, I love it. Uh, So before we jump into this, I want to real quick talk about this shirt that I got with my name on it. Um, there is, well, I wrote it down this girl, Vanessa. I hope that looks normal and not backwards because it looks backwards to me. But anyway, you can, well, they can just hold a mirror up and they'll be able to read it. It's like, it's like a puzzle. Um, Vanessa at my second grade life on Instagram and YouTube. Oh, Oh, there it goes. Yeah, word. So she and her husband make uh t-shirts. And so they sent me an email. They're like, Hey, do you want a t-shirt with your logo on it? And well, first of all, they said, Do you want a t-shirt? And then they had a lot of cute stuff. And I was like, Look, I, I don't teach at a school that I think would appreciate cute t-shirts. But um, I said, like, could you do something with my logo on it? And this is what they sent me. And now I have a t-shirt with my logo on it, and I'm kind of stoked, and because it makes me feel like a big deal. Um, so you can check them out on YouTube and on Instagram, Vanessa and her lovely husband at my second grade life. I wonder what grade she teaches. Um, so then what else? Oh, then yesterday, uh, i want to say what's up to everyone in one second, but I just, I forget things a lot because I'm getting older. And if I don't do it while I'm thinking of it, it goes away. Yesterday I spoke at... I, I will never be able to pronounce this school name. It's like Conewago Intermediate High School or something like that, uh, where I met this woman at IST. She teaches at uh, at this school in like near Gettysburg, PA, and they were doing uh, an Ed Camp, and so they asked me to come and speak. and I drove. I didn't realize it was as far away as it was, but I still would have went anyway. And so I went to uh, this program yesterday, and I got to talk about like what it was like, like the The value of being on social media as a teacher, whether you're making YouTube videos, whether you're on Instagram, whether you're hooking up with people through DMS and stuff. So it was really great. It was really fun to meet people. And uh, it's always fun to meet people that like already know the channel, because then I'm just like, this is interesting because I'm all alone right now, except for the wife and the dog. Um, So what are we looking at here? Lizanne is saying, hello from Puerto Rico. I finally made it to one of these. What's up, lady? How are you? Um, Matthew Reyes, thank you very much. One swim chick. I feel like I haven't seen that name in a long time. Hey, Reynolds, what's one piece of advice for classroom management that you would give a new teacher? I'm going to tell you that in just a moment. Um, But I really appreciate that you're on here. Uh, Sarah Childs. Who else am I looking at here? Kimberly Wallback. what's up? Are you waving?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Happy fall. It is fall here in North America. Um, Trevor, by the way, just started college and graduated high school last year. Awesome. Trevor, I saw you have a question on your job. I will totally answer that for you. My girl Nahara over in, uh, well, that's not a real name. Miss, is, I think, believe it's Miss Charlotte. Maybe it is Nahara. Maybe, I thought I read something earl, you left before on somewhere then. I don't know. Uh, Aimeer's on here. Um, who else? Amy from... North Carolina, who was I just, oh, Joe Chavez lives in North Carolina. And he's going to do a website for me because I want to look like a professional. Um, I finally remembered that watch the live Alexis Hall. There she is. I think we talked about your question last week from uh, Teachers Connect, which we're going to talk about in one second too. Um, thanks, Liz. I like my shirt too. I feel stoked. Sarah Child says she wants a shirt. I never thought about making shirts, but I could. If, if people let me know, are you, do you want some real rap swag? I'd I'd hook it up. Um, who else did you see? Richard Royster. I was at the conference yesterday. I'm going to get to the questions. This is the last thing I'm going to talk and I'm going to jump into them. I was at this ed camp conference yesterday. Um, and I I met a lot of principals there and they were real leery about whether or not they should start a YouTube channel or whether they should be on social media. And I was like, you got to check out my boy, Richard Royster, who's down in Kentucky. And everyone was like, Oh, Jerry Brooks. And I'm like, no, not Jerry Brooks, the other guy from Kentucky. (laughs) And he is doing cool stuff. And I was like telling them like how you vlog and what you're vlogging about, what your idea was when we talked. And they thought that was fantastic. Um, even as a way to sort of like thwart sort of like fake news on uh my wife is cracking up right because now you he said they're chicken oh so ah. yeah so they or they were like I don't know how to do it. like what do I talk about? What do I talk about? And I'm like, dude, you've been a principal for 10 years. You got it. You have something better than a first year principal. Like you know something anyway. So like it was cool. So I hope that they come check you out. Um we got wife I'm super thirsty. Oh let's talk about Teachers Connect. Have you heard about this? <laughs> Let me tell you. It's a great Teachers time. Connect is a uh online program i think we're simulcasting with them this evening that was the plan as long as i did it right because i never simulcast on anything before so i'm really hoping um that my friends over there got the link but look honestly teachers connect is a place where you can go you, you sign up if you're an educator you go on there you leave your question and then people can answer your question like parents don't see it kids don't see it you don't have to search through hashtags and get lost in the twitter feed it's like simple, it's all on one big board, kind of like a Pinterest idea. And then you just go on there and you can like look stuff up and you can just help people. So I think it's a really great way to do like, if you're having a crappy day, just go make someone else's day better and it'll make you feel better. And so um, our first question tonight is from that I was reading this earlier by someone named anonymous. I don't think that's the real name could be. Um, they were saying like, that they have a student this year, and I'm going to paraphrase this because it's very long. They have a student this year and he hurts his classmates. He back talks uh, to the teacher. He laughs when corrected. He doesn't care when he gets sent to the office, doesn't think it's a big deal. And so like, what do you do with that? And there were some really nice people that answered and talked about the fact that like you should build relationships with a student. You should um, really kind of like have some grace or get to know him more or get to know his family. And that, is my first answer, right? So they kind of already answered that. But then my backup answer for that, or my second part of that is always, there will always be some child every year. I mean, I've had them every year. Maybe you teach in a magical school of unicorns and elves and this doesn't happen. But in my school, there's always one kid that's like that. And the issue with that is that oftentimes we give that kid too much attention. And what that does is it takes away from the attention you can give other students in the class, especially students are flying below the radar that are quietly suffering. And so I just think it's, it doesn't mean you can't give time and attention to that one student. It just means to be mindful of the fact that like, sometimes that becomes sort of a black hole and those kids get all of your attention and you can't like connect with those other kids as well. So um, I I just think that that that's how I would answer that question if I was in that position. Position because you just don't want to give them all of your attention. So what do we got? I'm really thirsty tonight. Good thing you got me this big bottle of water. I'm super thirsty.
0: (laughs) It was supposed to be for little kids at a birthday party. They
1: look like it. They look like they're for tiny people. Um, so lightning storm fights is saying. How I don't know why why do I have to I don't know why I say names like that like I'm announcing them. Um, hey, you should do a video on how to deal with kids' behavior that don't pay attention and people call the bad kid. Um, oh, I thought that was a question. My bad. So, but I could talk about it. I okay. um, So, so. Uh, hasten to label anyone, man. You know, I was saying some of my sophomores came back this year, and the sophomores always see the freshmen and think like Reynolds. These kids are out of pocket. They're just, they're just wild all the time. They're just like, never, they're, they're crazy. Well, good thing we weren't like that. And it's like, you, they were all like that. In ninth grade year, they're all like that. They just have this foggy memory of what things actually looked like. And so, you know, this many years in, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not, some of you have far more experience than I do, but even 13 years in, it's like some of my favorite, favorite kids were the hardest in freshman year one of my guys joe that i love was like so hard to figure out so hard to connect with freshman year. i mean every once in a while i'm here you get an i'm here who's like super easy and like is lovely and and a very nice kid but every once in a while you get a joe and joe doesn't want to do anything joe puts his head down joe gives you a hard time every day joe doesn't like any of the teachers joe hates everything and then you know, by senior year, Joe's your favorite kid in the whole world. You know why? Because you put in the work. And when you put the work in the kids, sometimes it doesn't pay out. Sometimes that kid is just a nightmare and he was a black hole of your attention. It doesn't work. But that's not, but that shouldn't stop you from doing it. Because every once in a while, you get a Joe. And Joe will be my homie for the rest of his life. I will show up at his wedding no matter if I'm invited or not. I might even start officiating out of nowhere. Um, but I just, you know, that's why I think... Um, you shouldn't label kids and, and you just put in the time, have them eat lunch with you, do something ridiculously nice, meet them outside of the constraints of the classroom. And it really, really goes a long way. If you see they're kicked out of the class, talk to them. If you see them in the morning, shake their hand, say, what's up, find out where their locker is. Make sure you accidentally walk by it every day and say hello. And, and that changes everything. Um, Trevor, Trevor L is asking, good evening, Reynolds. I want your advice. What do you do about, Uh, What do you think about culinary arts being taught in high schools? I want to become a teacher, a high school culinary art educator in the future. Um, I feel like someone else asked this question recently. Um, So I think, I mean, I think it's great because I think we need to be teaching things in schools that make kids want to be there. Right. And so I've had any, I have bought cookbooks for kids before um, that wanted to be, Cooks or I've bought like everything from like Anthony, all Anthony Bourdain's books. And then anyone who Anthony Bourdain made famous, I have bought their books as well. I've bought books on, um, on food truck culture that kids that are into that life that makes them excited. And so in my class, how can I tap into that? And so I buy books on those topics and then kids get interested and that's how they learn. So I think it could be cool. You know, I think it's going to be one of those things that gets cut out pretty quickly. I mean, like when we cut out music and drama and culinary arts and wood shop and metal shop and like, because we're focused on testing. I, you know, I, so I, I would be mindful of like where you're willing to live, what you're willing to do to make, to do that, craft and then if not is there somewhere else you can get connected in doing something like that like maybe you start an after-school program maybe you get connected with a with an currently existing after-school program and you work with them or you work as someone that like i don't know wouldn't it be kind of dope if you had like a super cool like food truck and you showed up every week and like kids helped you like prepare lunch and stuff like that and it was sort of like an elective or i just think there's a you know i would be interested in like thinking outside the box on that one and like trying to come up with like some cool stuff that you could do um just in case it doesn't fit into the traditional model of what culinary arts could be in a high school one swim chick is asking uh hey reynolds what's one piece of advice on classroom management that you would give a new teacher i would say one do not show fear all right i was gonna say don't be afraid but that's not always possible um but just don't show fear. And that doesn't mean you have to be mean back to a kid, but just going over and like not shying away from the fact that a kid won't stop talking. So I have a dude right now, he's in, I forget what period, he sits right in the front and center um, and he talks all the time, he just he won't stop. And I will win this, this competition because I will put him, like I'll I'll make sure that I'm connecting with him every single time that it happens. And, you know, I, cause I don't, I don't like moving seats. I just think it's weird when they're in ninth grade, especially when my guys look like men, it just, it feels childish. So I'm just going to like keep you there. And you're going to like kind of learn to handle yourself in that position. And so I think the other thing is consistency. Like if you say something's a rule, you can change it if you feel like it's not a fair rule. Right. But if you think it's good and you are, it, it's important to you, then just be consistent. And the kids will, they will figure it out soon enough, when you are relentless in what you ask for. So whether that's like, no late homework, no talking when I'm talking like you can't, if you say that's the thing, you cannot let it go. People will treat you the way you teach them to treat you. And so I just think that's a really important lesson to learn in life. What you got for me, dude. Uh,
0: Matthew Reyes, but
1: it's like in two. It's the one with the M. Got it. Um, Matthew Reyes is saying, What about shop class? Uh, due to all your experience, I do have. Uh, have you ever taught at a.
0: He's asking if you ever ta- thought about teaching at a shop class. Oh, like oh. teaching
1: shop. Class. Oh, so I, I teach. No, but I do teach shop. I like, I taught like. um, like a like a DIY class after school one time and so that's what so here's what I do I try to find things that the students are interested in and then I figure out like how can I fit into that so one year it was it was like after school we made like um there's a really great YouTube channel called I'm gonna forget what it's called anyway they have really simple projects on there like how to make concrete stools? How to make planters? How to make all kinds of weird crap? And so we just did that one year after school. This year I'm doing a YouTube after school program because everyone wants to be a YouTube gamer. And so I am I created a, a class after school. I'm going to teach them like how to edit, how to find music, how to um, use hashtags, how to make a thumbnail, how to do a live feed and stuff like that. So they're really stoked about it, and it was really fun last week because they had a gazillion questions uh kayla crozier what's up do you see the google teacher video yep. no what's the google teacher video can you put a link in here is that i don't know if it allows you to but if you put a link i'll check it out I
0: found it. oh you found it
1: oh my wife found it i'll watch it after this um yeah, was... hello from argentina is that what it said after that
0: Bam! nice wait mm-hmm.
1: Life for life's looking it up so so oh, oh all right decisions. i already got, got another one i was gonna start talking oh, about it Am I going to, uh, my lovely middle is asking, are you going to sell your t shirt So I didn't, I didn't make this, but if like I was saying, if somebody, if you think I should make t-shirts and you want some Reynolds swag, uh, anybody else, like, let me know in the, um, in the comment section, I, I'll gladly make sure. I just, I don't know what people like all the time. It's a mystery. So I'm asking you, what do you, what do you want? I'll hook it up. Um, and then what else am I looking at here? Are you looking for another one?
0: Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, any advice for a building sub? So,
0: man, I think
1: so. That was my friend Kimberly Wallback. So, I think being the sub is really difficult, right? And and some of you know this. I, but I think if you were if you're going to be a successful sub, which I was not, I subbed for three days and I hated it, and then I just never did it again. I went to Home Depot and got a job. Um, <laughs> but, Do you remember that? I, I remember. I hated it because it was middle I, school. Because the kids didn't care about me. And and I think, in retrospect, I've known a lot of people that were really successful subs. I knew a guy at Winslow Township High School. I, I don't even know if he's still there or not. He was a sub in the middle school and he was their go to guy. He had been there for long enough, all throughout college that not only did he make relationships with tons of kids and then got hooked into the play program after school. So he was like helping with the play. He really made connections with kids and he had no problems. He was like their favorite sub. And then when he got out of college, he just like got a job there. Like they were like, nope, we don't even have to interview. Like you're our guy. We've seen you for the last two, three, four years subbing here you're a part of everything already it's like such a natural fit so i think if you're going to sub like i would just be consistent and i would ride it out so the once the kids get to know who you are once you can help them with their work once they're familiar with your face they're going to innately sort of calm down and give you a little bit more respect or ask about you so just be cool and then stick it out and i think it can really work out for you uh Summer Tate is asking, I have a seventh grade student whose Lexile is 60. So for those of you that don't know, Lexile levels are like, um, it's essentially a number that is matched with a student's reading level. So like certain numbers equate like second, third, fifth grade, and so on reading levels. Um, I had her read to me and she's at a first grade reading level. Some suggestions, some have suggested Saddleback books, high interest, low level, and Mobi Max, any advice? So I would say this summer, I would one, I would talk to your special education department. Someone like that, really, I mean, I am i don't know them. So I don't, I'm not going to diagnose. I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on the internet, but, um, you know, something like, what is it? One in five kids are dyslexic, right? And so if you have dyslexia or you have some kind of like, um, I don't know, any, I'm, I'm just, there's a million different things that could be going on. But if that child's tested, they might really figure out that like they need some kind of like Wilson programming to help them learn how to read better or, um, or Orton Gillingham. Or maybe they could, uh, you know, for now, I think while they're figuring that out, I think using audiobooks, like using Audible or using what's the one that you can read? There's, there are apps that you can take an iPad and scan it and it will read the text to you. That's what's the other, sheets, like what's the other sheet. John, though, that About learning, ally. learning ally, things like that. So I would first go to oh, the okay. special ed department because there's no, there's, I can't think of a reason where we say fifth grade, seventh, seventh grader would be on a first grade reading level that did not have some sort of disability. And, you know, what's gonna happen is like, if it goes too long, um, it just, it's, you can't even change it. Like, so I, I know folks that didn't find out they were dyslexic until they were first year in college. And at that point, you're just trying to like, kind of, you've already figured out a way to kind of get through it. And so after that, it's just trying to f- figure that out, but you can't like relearn, like you can't relearn to read at that point
0: and So for the teacher that just I know. help. In the meantime, it should be audiobooks. I think on what the child, yeah. The so we're saying like audiobooks
1: are like the jam. For now, that's what I would do. And listen, I'm going to say this too right before I go to the next question. There are a lot of folks that I've talked to about kids that have dyslexia, and they get real hyped when you bring up audiobooks. They tell, they say that that is it's not a viable option. They're not really learning how to read. But I've had kids follow along in a book and listen to audio, or just listen. And my really good friend, whose name I'm going to forget because I can't remember anything anymore, what's her name, Jolene. Joellen, 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 who I did, um, a whole, you might want to go back and watch this. I did, um, an interview with her a few weeks ago. She's a dyslexia expert. And she said that like, if we can give kids that are blind, um, and this isn't a diss against anyone, like I'm not saying like, oh, if you're allowed to do this, then we're allowed to do this. Um, but kids that are blind get Braille, right? We don't say, well, they're not learning how to read with their eyes. Like that's not okay. Like, so kids that have a hard time reading with their eyes should be allowed to to do it with audio programs. Um, and they still learn all of the vocab and all that stuff as well. Anthony Biggs is saying, um, Hey, what's your take on written feedback? I teach math. And we've been told about um, and we've been told about evidencing everything in books. I like to I, oh my gosh, I'm doing a great job tonight of reading. I like to use active learning stuff. And sometimes the kids do loads in lessons. Yeah. Um, no. but get a little written but get little written down also marking up takes a lot of my weekends so i would say this anthony I, um what am i thinking of here i i think written feedback is interesting i think it's a good job or, or, or like it's it's useful but it's only useful if the kids are reading it there have been times when i've marked up all kinds of papers i've spent all this time reading through and really correcting it And then you give it back to a kid and they're like, a B, all right. And it goes in the bottom of their bag in the abyss because every kid's backpack looks like Mary Poppins purse. Um, So I'd say if I was going to make sure I was reading stuff, I'd make sure they were sort of interacting with that. And then maybe they have to like do – you know, create changes, maybe they have to answer back to that feedback, like maybe you could write questions, if they hand it in, I know teachers that like have kids hand stuff in as a Google Doc, or um, will have like very, they, they already have like pre made sort of like answers that they can pull from because you end up saying a lot of the same thing sometimes, right? Like when you're answering those, papers, I'm sure there's tons of kids that have like the same thing wrong all the time. So you could either like I've, I've known people that have like put stamps on there, right? So there's like different stamps and then on their wall, there's some sort of key and you know, like, okay. That means incomplete sentences, this one, Oh, that, or, or you're just using like little symbols and the kids start to know that like two lines under a letter means to capitalize it. Kids know that um, if you, like an RO means run on. And so you're what you're doing is creating shorthands. So you're not sitting there writing out paragraphs of stuff because it does end up taking too long. I also think if you do that once a week, you're good. Like having written feedback every single day, it's like, that that's a lot to expect of a teacher. And I, I think just doing it once a week is totally fine. You said for the students also. I like when you whisper answers next to me. Um, I'm
0: super opinionated as a parent. <laughs>
1: Honey, you're not just super opinionated as a parent.
0: <laughs> i think, it,
1: as a dog owner, as a wife, as, opinionated. Yeah, as a purchaser of toothpaste. Um, no. Nandini? Vade? Am I saying that right? Uh, maybe not, because I don't usually say things right. How can uh, university students get involved in the classroom before they start their education internship? I think this is a great question, and here's my answer. I think... One, if you are anywhere near a school, reach out, maybe talk to the education department in your college, maybe go back to your old school, maybe send some emails and tell people like, hey, I go to school at this college, and I'm going to be a teacher, I'd love to just come in and observe or come in and help with small groups or hand stuff out or help you grade. Or do you have any openings as part of a after school program that you could like, mentor kids sit there and help them with their homework you could even try and get a job like you could even just tutor yourself because you're gonna need more money that way but go to like um i used to work for a company called excel academy which was like a after school and during the summer tutoring program it was completely scripted i didn't have to do anything else um and it was fun or you could use a company that i've done promotion for before which is dada abc you go online, you teach kids in China how to speak English. All the lesson plans are all scripted. They tell you everything you have to do. And, but you're still getting that interact. I think the big thing is getting interaction with students, learning education in college. I've said this a hundred times before is like learning how to swim in a classroom. It's like, here we go. We're watching videos on what water looks like. This is the molecular makeup of water. This is how we're going to move our arms when we're swimming. And then you get into the classroom, you're like, oh no, this is not, it's like being in water for the first time. There's no way you can prepare yourself other than being in water. And so what you want to do is get yourself around students as much as you can, as quickly as you can. And I think that breeds a level of comfortability, helps you to start realizing what kids are capable of and not capable of, helps you figure out what your personality and your style is going to be. So that's what I would do is like reach out to anywhere. And I constantly have people that email me and they're like, hey, can I come observe you? And then I do like a little research, make sure that they have a background check or something like that. And then yeah, they come in my school and they observe for the day. Kayla Crozier is asking, how do you know what subject to teach? I am... St- duck, I think that's supposed to be stuck between history and English. And it's difficult, which one to choose because they are both great uh, for their own reasons. And So Kayla, I think one maybe, um, now that you're out of high school, and you're in college, I think that's the case. uh, You I would go back to some high schools that weren't yours, and maybe observe those classes. And then also just remember, like, as an English teacher, I feel like I teach a lot about history, like, when we read things like Lord of the Flies or Fahrenheit 451 or Persepolis, which is a uh, graphic novel, there's tons of stuff that I have to teach kids on the front end. Like right now we're talking about like the Greek gods and we're talking about Greek culture, especially in the time of Odysseus and what, like what the world looked like and what religion looked like and stuff like that. And so there's, there's a lot of that in there. And I think, if you teach history, you could, I mean, reading and writing across the curriculum is huge right now and and it is constantly pushed in our school. So I think there's totally an opportunity for you to like read more or read, you know, studying history through short story, through novels, through um, plays, and you can still have that piece in history. So I think you just kind of like pick one that you think works the best and then just, High elements of the other one into it, and they work so seamlessly together. Hunter is asking. That's a great name. Um, how? Hey, I was. Oh my gosh, I'm doing great. I'm trying. I'm trying to read fast, and that's not my speed. I don't do fast. Um, hey, I was just wondering if you have any advice on what you can do to prepare yourself for education program. I'm going to be attending the 2019 spring year for secondary education degrees. So I would say Hunter, um, first of all, that's awesome. Congratulations on like doing that. I would just start reading as I like books and documentaries, right? Um, I think movies about teachers are very just like misleading a lot of times. Like, you know, as much as everyone loves things like Dead Poets Society, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, or, you know, Dangerous Minds or Freedom Writers, I think they breed this idea um, or they could breed. I'm not saying that everyone does this, that like teachers have to be in it alone. Like you're going to be the one person that shows up and like gives your all and then you're going to crush it. For some reason, we love that idea, especially in American culture. where like, you're going to be like the one person that showed up and like made a difference. I really think it's about the team. I really think it's about working as a community of educators that are working together where like if I can't get through to a kid maybe the science teacher or the coach or the assistant principal or we bring mom in and then we're all working on this together I think that's a way better avenue than the lone wolf idea so I love writers like Wraith Esquith is the greatest he's my favorite of all time I think um there's a ton of really great documentaries out there and I actually have um I did a video somewhere, if you look it up, just put, type in, if you go to my channel, Robert Reynolds, and you type in the search part documentaries, I have a whole video on like my favorite teacher documentaries of all time. There's one that um, I'm going to forget his name, but a guy that I met from, Cam- I think Kansas State University. So he made like a first year teacher documentary that was fantastic. So if you just search that on my channel, um, you'll find all kinds of videos that I've, posted about that i love or documentaries that i love Nyara um, is asking this is my friend from china if you don't if you're new to the channel uh says i'm having a meeting today with people who don't really work efficiently and we usually spend longer time meeting than necessary i want to go to my support students at their first soccer game which is the same time as the meeting what would, would it be too rude to ask if we can work fast so i can go to the game No, I don't think that's rude at all. I think one for for one, you are backing students, right? And two, some people like to have meetings that have no business being as long as they are. So just give it a hard out, like say, "Hey, can we be done by this time?" And then it just moves you along. Has people looking at their watches not to see what time they want to go home, but just reminding them that like, all right, we have until this time. We need to get through this stuff. So, do we need to talk about, you know, I don't know bathroom passes or, or whatever else people like to talk about for a hundred years um, and just gets it keeps it moving i think that's a fine idea for the top one mm-hmm. uh so the more you grow says hey Reynolds, good to see you hey man good to see you too buddy uh hey one thing that i was worried about youtubing as a teacher is i'm not sure if it is okay not as far as student privacy i sent out an email it's um not sure
0: what is i okay. sent
1: that email on your consent form, send that email on your consent form. But I,
0: I, I guess you must've sent him something. Okay.
1: So but here's I think
0: he's asking like, what's okay to like, have it.
1: Okay. So here, th- th- I got this question a lot when I was at the ed camp um, conference yesterday, because what I was talking about at this conference yesterday, I did it. I did a session um, on social media and students. And although most students sign a consent form going into school, I feel like that is for the school's use. But for my use, I send out a permission slip. I tell parents like what I'm using this for. I let them know that one, I never, ever use a kid's full name. And a lot of times I don't even tell their real name. I just, because everyone has a nickname all the time (laughs) Two, I don't ever tell like where my school is, although it's like not, I mean, like, look, if someone really wanted to find out where your school was, Uh I just feel like I'm buffered by the hood. So it protects me or something. Um, Three, I never say things like where we're going in advance. Like, I wouldn't say like, hey, like every year we go to Princeton University and I talk about it on my channel, but I never say like, hey, we'll be at Princeton University this Thursday at 1130 a.m. So you're sort of like you are protecting kids in that way. I don't ever show like exactly where my school is. I don't do a whole lot of filming so someone can figure out what my school looks like inside. Like, you know, that's that's kind of where. I'm coming from with it. Um, I don't like to live in fear, but I don't, I don't ever want to like subject my students to like possible harm. Uh, but, you know, I, I here's why I think it's so important. I think part of putting kids on YouTube is for me, is changing the narrative. It's changing the narrative of what folks think, you know, young black men from inner city from the inner, inner city, Philadelphia look like, act like, um, what, how smart they are what their vocabulary is what they act like, what kind of music they listen to, what kind of sports they play. And I love, you know, not rewriting the narrative myself. I am just, I feel like providing the lens for all of you to kind of see who these dudes are because they're lovely, lovely kids that all of them are going through something, all of them, you know, not all of them come from like broken homes. Some have very, very supportive families that are, that are amazing and really trying to help some kids that are going through tough stuff, like take it out in tough ways. Like they just don't know how to handle it. And, and if I can help in any way to create a lens for which to view students like that. And I, and I don't think, you know, young African-American men are like the be all end all of that. I think you know, there's a lot of stigmas out there from folks that live on like reservations in the US to folks that live in Nigeria or Russia or South Korea. Like, I think all those teachers could really do some great stuff by just like putting those students on the internet. So people can realize, you know, one of the things my students realize when I take them abroad is when they talk to other kids that are their age, they're like, this is the answer I get every year. They're like, just like us. They're like, normal kids and it's like yeah that's the whole world b is like we're mostly all more alike than we are different and so i just love being able to help create that narrative uh rebecca waltz is saying any tips on to simplify grading i had to bring home over 80 project over the weekend and it sucks it sure does um so i would say rubrics are like my new favorite thing. And my homie, Mr. Hasty, who's in the classroom right next to me, that dude is amazing at making rubrics that I've taken. I've just seen some of his. I've copied what, kind of what he does. Um, rubrics, first of all, give kids ahead of time a very, like, it's like, here's exactly what we're going to do. Then you have to walk them through it because no one's ever going to read a rubric on their own. And the shorter and sweeter you can make them, the better. And then it just becomes did you do this? Awesome. Did you do this? Awesome. And then it's sometimes on rubrics, I have space for like leaving comments or I'll leave a longer comment. That stuff just really, really helps you move through it. I try and have as much stuff done on the computer as I can so that I don't have to, um, I don't have to like, like bring home poster board or, or those try fold things that are like take forever to carry in your car and stuff. It's, It just makes it a whole lot easier. Um, And then I have the kids try and fill up as much of the rubric ahead of time as possible. So like make sure when you hand it in, your name is on it and the period and the date. And then I just have them note, like if it was late, if it was early, whatever. So I just think that that's a really quick way to do it. And then know what you're grading for. Don't feel like you have to put a thousand different notes on there. If you're great, if you're doing a project to, to look at like these five to 10 things, then it's really makes it a lot easier than feeling like you're going all over the place and grading for all, all crazy different kinds of stuff. When you look, when you look at it. Um, okay. So Frank is asking Frank from teachers connect is asking for Serena on teachers connect, any advice or good resources for mentoring a new teacher? Uh, Serena is my, is a first time mentor.
0: I think. Is that her name? I'm sorry. I not
1: Oh, no, it's not Serena. It's Serenatha. Serenatha? I don't know. (laughs) Frank, I'm literally (laughs) the worst with names. I would say when I've mentored teachers um, in the past, when I first started doing it, I would give them a thousand notes on like all the stuff they were doing wrong right? And I think it has to be balanced. I don't think it doesn't necessarily have to be that Oreo cookie that everyone talks about, like, give some good feedback, then give negative feedback, then give good feedback. Because I think now that I know people do that, every time someone gives me a compliment, I'm like, yo, you're about to drop some like, terrible knowledge on me in a moment. And then you're gonna like, try and sweep it up with like something nice at the end. So I think just be more organic. But I think, well, something that's really important in just life is remembering to really like accept people for who they are right now and not for who you want them to be don't ex- don't look at them as being a better teacher through the lens of like well this is what I do and this is what I think is important like let them kind of be who they are and what you're trying to do is foster that that part of their personality so you might be very serious let's say you are like my good friend miss Cho at my school who's like no nonsense doesn't joke around doesn't um' like laughing in the classroom. It's like, it's business time, but she's good at it. Like that's her jam. And she's a really good teacher The kids respect her a lot. And then there's me who I blow bubbles in the hallway and I make jokes all the time. I connect almost everything we're talking about in class to, um, to movies and television. I'm always bringing up like clips from movies and TV and old vi- music videos to, to help my kids connect to their life. But if I am, if So what you don't want to do is, like, be like, oh, I would never want to tell a kid, like, hey, you need to have more of a sense of humor in class. You need to find music videos and TV shows that you can connect to the literature that's going to really bring your kids in because that works for me. And just like Cho shouldn't tell everyone, like, don't smile ever in class and that you um, should – be this particular kind of way. It just doesn't work. So what you're trying to do is figure out what that particular teacher is going to be good at, and then help them to triple down on that. And then help them to not worry so much about what they're not good at because unless it's really important, unless it's classroom management, right? But you even that you want to help them figure out how to fit that their personality into the things that they're doing in class. Uh, Kyle Brokaw is saying. Do you have any books on education that are good for people thinking about getting into education? I would say, Kyle, um, Teach Like Your Hair is on Fire is a book by Rafe Esquith, and it is the jam. And I would also say a book that's not on education but has to do with dealing with people, uh, especially if you ever thought about teaching, like, not just inner city but anywhere in any – part of the world that is dealing with folks that are on the fringe, right? So like I said, that could be a reservation that could be in another country, it could be inner city, it could be super rural, it could be like my homie, um, Dustin, uh, from the YouTube channel, dust tales teaches in like a school for kids that like have gotten kicked out of traditional schools and are now like in a heavily secured school. Um, for folks like that, I think tattoos on the heart by Gregory Boyle is it it is like a hundred percent it's all short stories it will make you it makes me cry every single time I read it but it's also my go-to jam if I'm having a hard day and I'm at lunch I just tell the kids I need a moment and I will read 15 minutes of that book and it just I swear it just like makes my heart filled with like happiness and I just want to do a better job for the rest of the day uh Paula Roblito. Robledo, Robledo. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Uh, so, that's so stupid. Uh, Paul is asking, any other advice on how to deal with new kids that are really behind? Um, I, you know, that's, I've had kids before that have come in from the, in the middle of the year. They come from Dominican Republic. They do not speak more than, you know, a handful of words in English. And I think it just comes down to, um, you really want them to, to be excited about being there. You want them to be glad that they got moved into your class. You want to, so what you want to do is like, show them you're excited, show them you're willing to do anything that it takes for them to be there. And what, and I realize that's not content yet. And I'm going to talk about content in one second, but what that's going to do is make them feel more comfortable. Make them feel like you're someone they can trust, make them like quickly, like more quickly than not get out of that sense of like being like the, the shy new kid that just sits there and doesn't say anything. So you're engaging with them, asking things about them. And then if you can figure out where they are, then you just kind of like figure out a faster way to get them to where they need to be. So maybe that's, if that's with reading, you're giving them books on their level, giving them books that they like. Even if you have to like, you know, maybe you don't have to buy them, but get them on donors choose, get someone to to donate them. Maybe the school will pick up the tab. I don't know what kind of school you teach in, but you can maybe um, get them books that you know they like or that they can pick out To help them catch up, offer them a little bit of tutoring after school. You know, 10 minutes of extra time after school goes a long way. Like, if my kids, my son came home with math the other night and it was like, How did it multiply 352 by 297? Now, I remember how we did it in high school, or in high school, probably, because I was in that math class. But um, I remember how I did that when I was a kid, but now it's done this whole new crazy way. And it takes me an hour to figure out how to help him with his homework, because I'm an English teacher for a reason. But if a tutor or if some adult or if his teacher worked with him for 10 minutes after school, they would probably be able to get through all of it with him in no time. So maybe offering that kid just that little bit of extra time after school or during lunch. um, And I think you'll find that they'll catch up very, very quickly with that little bit of like one-on-one time, especially because they're on your radar now, right? They're not just like flying under the radar. They're on your radar and that helps you help people better when they're like that. Um, Oh, and I would say also my last piece of advice for that is call home and see What like what works best for that kid? We forget this. And I didn't realize this until I was a parent. Parents know their kids a lot of times. Right. Crazy. Better than we do. And we know the kids better in some ways than the parents do also. But I just think like maybe calling home and finding out, like, how do they learn best? What's worked best in the past? Who was their favorite teacher? What made them so good? um, Those kind of things can really help you as well. Just Incredible Studios is asking, hey, Reynolds, this week I'm going to meet with the school board CTE director about teaching digital media. media and I hear she's not very positive uh, and is harsh. Any advice on making <laughs> a, first, a good first impression? Um, well, I would say... Um, first, what am I thinking of here? I think, one, I'm... I saw at the conference yesterday, the young lady that I was with was like, look, I have to go do stuff. Are you going to be all right on your own? And it was, I don't know why I said this, but I told her, I'm like, yeah, I'm really good at making friends. But just so happens, I am like, I just am good at making friends. Like I just sit down next to people and start talking to them. And then they talk back to me. And it's awesome. I would see if here's what I would do. See if you can find that individual on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Find something that they are interested in. Maybe they like cardinals. Maybe they're real into um, macrame. I think that's a thing, right? Some kind of sewing thing, right? Maybe they love, I don't know why I pick these things. Oh, I pick examples that I don't even know what they are. Maybe they like baseball or maybe their grandkid was on the swimming team. And then you don't have to go in telling them like, hey, I saw your grandkids on the swimming team because then you're gonna look like a creep. But just bring it up like bring up baseball, bring up something that they're interested in. And then once, you know, when we can connect with people, no matter what level of happiness that they that they live on. Um, and you show them that, you know, you are, there's a commonality between you, then it just works out better. Like the, now, now they're listening to you. Now they can like, now you've connected on something. And I think that's a big deal. The other thing is, I just think that happiness and positivity are contagious. I like being, you know, Patch Adams once said that being happy in public is like the, one of the most daring things a human being can do because most people don't walk around with a smile on their face because they don't want to be ridiculed, right? It's like we get like pat on the back. Like we love to share in misery, but not in happiness. So just go in there. And then at the end of the day, bro, like, do the best, or I assume it's a dude. I don't know why I did that, but um just assume that like, like, or what am I, how do I want to say this? If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And it wasn't because of you. Just go in and do your best. Make it about the students and make it about like, here's value I think I can bring to you and your kids and your school. And this is what I want to do. And I'm super pumped to do it. And like, if you give me the opportunity, like I'll make sure that I do the very best job that I can do. I mean, who's going to argue with that? Uh, I would say my lovely middle is asking, um, how do you develop good parent-teacher relationships? So I, I, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. I'm really good with parents. I feel like most of the time, I feel like I'm good with parents. And I think I'm good with parents because um, I think the way you do that is, you, first of all, respect the parent, the parent, like I just said, in, in before this, the parent knows the kid better than you do, right? So ask the parent questions about their kid. And when you're showing, look, there's nothing a parent loves more than from a teacher than a teacher that is excited about what they're doing is feeling positive about the year. Because let's be honest, like no teaching year is ever easy. Teaching is the art of making something from nothing. And so I think that um, when my kids, teachers show a genuine interest in my kid, we'll have like that little extra note home or like, we'll just call to say like what was going on in class, say how they did a good job or what they think they might need some extra help on for homework, or they didn't quite grasp this. It just shows a level of investment in my kid. And I think that goes a real long way with parents. And And so Most of the time, parents only get phone calls if there's a problem or if something didn't go right that day. And instead, just calling them and saying, hey, this happened in class today. I'm trying to figure out like the best way to help your kid to learn to read or to get quiet in line. Or um, I'm noticing they have like a lot of leadership abilities. Like, has that worked for them in the past? What did they do with other teachers? How do you handle this at home? Like, that will go a really, really long way with parents, I think
0: just that was a kind word of something that happens through the day. Yeah. Or the remind app. Like that's.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's a really good point too. Like nice. I didn't think of that. So I'm using remind 101 this year because my kids' parents or my kids' teachers have used it in the past. And so you can just shoot a text home to parents and say like, Hey, so-and-so did this in class today. It was super dope. And like, I was really proud of him. He had the first answer. He finished and helped clean up like whatever it was. But like, I think that's just real cool stuff to, to send home as well. Megan Cole is asking, I am a VPK teacher and I use so many of your awesome ideas, even with my littles. Well, that is awesome. I'm glad that works for you. Would you ever consider working in a classroom with four and five-year-olds or would you pick high school any day? No, I, I, so I just think, so I wouldn't, I don't think I would do it now because I feel like it would be like starting from scratch and I'm not prepared. Like, like YouTube is my new Like, it's not, it's my favorite thing to do. Like, so I love teaching, but having this platform and being able to help people and like, that are really, really in need has been so gratifying. I I cannot even tell you. It's like, it is fantastic. Being able, when people reach out and they ask me to come and speak at their college or speak at a high school or speak at a conference, it is one of my favorite things to do because you feel like you're actually really helping people in real time that are going to go to work the next day and have something to help with. Now that being said, I love little kids. Like like love little kids. And um I think because I'm super weird and little kids are they I just don't think there's enough weird adults out there in like a good way anyway, right? It's like they're uh they forget what it's like to be a kid. They forget what it's like to just like do silly stuff, to be wacky, to to play fun games, and to like get in it with kids, and I I especially don't see as many men out there doing that. I just think that's a good role model for kids to see, like, um, you know, grown men that are still willing to have fun and do crazy stuff and and be excited. I just think in public, I think it's awesome. It's two part. Two part. So top one first, I guess that's how yeah. Reese. Uh, so Black Rose Twenty Nine is saying, "Hey, I'm a third year teacher, and I was made co-chair of my department this year. Besides being the one in charge, in quotes, of keeping the peace, personalities are clashing a lot this year, and running meetings. What else can, uh, what else would you want for your department chair? I, I think one, I think anyone in leadership, when they respect me as a professional, one that is that goes really far." My school's also really, really good at autonomy. So the rules that I have in my class are not necessarily the same as anyone else's rules. Like there are folks I teach with that have like a hundred rules in their classroom. I have one. Uh, there are folks that I'll take late work all year and that's cool, but I don't. And that is fine. Like I have that all time. I pick all of my own books and stuff like that as well. If I was having that issue I feel like I would try and get those folks together outside of what they're doing, right? Outside of the classroom, outside of department meetings and just say, Hey, why don't you guys come over for a barbecue? Why don't we all go out for drinks? Why don't we meet up for dinner? Why don't we go do this thing together? Like, I don't know, go, I don't know what the hell people do throw axes or shoot bow and arrows or I don't know, sign up for a five K together or something like that to raise money for something important. Like, we my department head miss list um is always really like one of the things that's important to her and i don't think i don't know that she started this but she makes sure that happens every year is our department dresses up for for halloween every year so we do one year we did game of thrones and i got the new finger which i look a little bit too much like that dude especially with his hair not right now that stuff looks like i got struck by lightning um we did Walking Dead one year. We did uh, last year was dress like your favorite Will Farrell character of all time. And those one year we did uh, Parks and Rec. And so it's just really fun when you have those other experiences outside of the job. It just makes it better. And then maybe what you could do is meet up with some of those folks individually or in twos to just say like, hey, look, I'm really understanding where you're coming from. And, I'm, and I want to just hear you out. And I want you to know that what you think and what you feel is actually important to me. I think that goes a long way. I think most of us just want to be loved, just want to be appreciated. And when you can love and appreciate people, even though I get it's a professional setting, you can't be all like, you know, gushing on people. But I think just doing small acts of here's the big thing. Doing small acts of kindness is always better than the one big sweeping thing that you're going to do that's really kind, right? So I think if you're a principal, you're far better off walking around, checking in on people, saying what's up, bringing them a nice little surprise, whether it's an extra cup of coffee or just doing something like you saw their copies on the printer and you brought them to their room or whatever it is is way better, way more effective than having a really dope Christmas party that year. Like everyone loves the Christmas party, but like, it's all those little things, right? My wife, there she is. Do you love me? Yes, I do. Um, (laughs) My wife and I get along because of all the little stuff that we do for one another. Not because like Valentine's Day is the dopest or like, I'm not even going to be home for our anniversary this year. I have to go to San Diego. Um, But that's okay because I do nice little stuff for her all the time, like pet her um so that's what i would do that's what that's making me think of e is asking how do you deal with the student who simply refuses to do work in class i have a student who does who doesn't talk uh, or disrupt anyone around him but won't pick up a pen and write so let me tell you this story real quick um this is going to be a video at some point i have joe joe is one of my favorite students of all time but when joe was a freshman um joe was not a good student joe wrote on the outside of his notebook wouldn't do any work, wouldn't sit up, wouldn't talk, mumbled all the time, still does all the time. He just talks like this all the time. You know what else? What's up? How's it going? All right. Um, But so I gave Joe detention for a week and Joe's detention was to eat lunch with me every single day. My wife packed him a lunch every day, wrote his name on the outside because I noticed he never ate lunch, wrote his name on the outside of it. Sometimes she wrote him a nice little note on the inside. And by the end of the week, I really got to know Joe, I got to. I asked him all these questions about where does he live, who does he live with, what is, how does, what does he like about school, what does he hate about school. Um, I asked him about his religion. I asked him about the sports and video games that he's interested in. And then at the end of the week, he ended up telling me like some really heavy stuff that had happened within his friend group the previous summer. And what it did was, you know, like I'm always talking about on here, it allowed me to see him for who he was. And it allowed me to understand where he was coming from. It didn't make what he was doing. Okay. It just made it understandable. And so when you can reach that point with kids where they can actually understand that you're really caring about them, they can believe in themselves a little bit more. And if a kid, if a child, if any of us can't believe in what we're doing, everything else is useless. No one goes, you will not succeed in going to the gym if you don't believe you will have muscles by putting in the work. Nobody will um, be consistent in their classroom or stand up against, you know, uh, anyone that's being oppressed or or stand up for people that are being oppressed if they don't believe that they can actually have a, a positive impact. So what you're trying to do is get that kid to believe in themselves. And sometimes that takes you believing in the kid first so they can see that that that's actually possible, that someone would actually do that for them. So I give that dude attention and tell him that he has to eat with you every day, bring him in something little for lunch. Or if he knows that he likes goldfish or Doritos or something, just bring some in for him. Be like, Hey, here we go. We're going to wrap every day at lunch. Um, because I care about you and because I want to know more about you and I want to help you succeed. And this is how we're going to get down and do it. And then just make it all about them and then match their vulnerability with your own they tell you a story about their parents, try and open up a little bit. I mean, you don't have to tell them all about your relationship with your boyfriend or any kind of crazy stuff, but like you can at least kind of meet them as far as they're going. Uh, Kelsey Hoyt is asking, hi, hi, Mr. Reynolds, you are a teacher role model. Thank you very much. That's really nice. I love hearing that stuff. Um, I wish we could get you to come all the way to our middle of nowhere in Illinois. You have an impact on... You'll you'd have an impact on our staff currently full of toxic teachers. Yo, here it is, Kelsey. If you um, can get someone to fly me out to, to middle of nowhere, Illinois, and pick me up from the middle of nowhere airport, I 100% go there. You're going to shoot me an email at real with the Reynolds at gmail.com. Um, and you would not be the first person that put a comment up and I just end up flying somewhere in the middle of nowhere. But uh, I love that stuff. And it would be my honor to come and speak with your staff. Uh, My buddy, the Scottish revert teacher is saying, hey, rounds. it looks like uh, my youngest is on the spectrum and just started school. He has good grades or he has good days and bad days. But how do you make your work understood or how do you make your work understand that my morning classes might be affected? Yo, by doing this, by telling them that your morning classes will be affected because your child is is takes longer to get out of the house. Working that out. It is, it that is something without going into too much detail. Cause I, you know, at this point I would love let, for, let me just say this. I would love to share more about my own personal life and struggles and parenthood than, than I do. I don't because at my kid's age, <clears throat> I don't want to put them out there. Um, I don't always know who's watching this. I don't want to put something that's going to live on the internet forever. And like, embarrass them in some way, shape or form down the road. So I, I keep a lot of that to myself. But I will say that I know what you're talking about. And I live what you're talking about. And so they, you know, my wife and I actually had put into my son's IEP this year, that it's going to take us longer to get to school some days, guess what, it just is like, we're like, like, if you and the problem with that is, when you have someone that's silently struggling, when you have someone that has high functioning autism, right? or Asperger's or any number of other like they have an auditory processing dislike. So like, they don't respond as quickly as you need them to whatever it is, or kids are just ADHD and their medicine didn't kick in yet. And they're like, you know, you're like, put on your shoes, put on your shoes, put on your shoes. And they're just standing there like, I don't know where they are. I don't know where they are. And they're like, bro, they're literally in your hands. So that stuff is kind of like not appreciated sometimes, right? It's like, but if you had a student that was like physically handicapped, um, or if your child was physically handicapped, the school would be okay with that. And I just think, um, and I'm not saying anything about like, God bless those kids. And God bless those parents, I realize that it's, it has to be a ton of work to help get them out the door in the morning. But you're dealing with this kind of like silent thing. And just let the school know, like, bam, this is what's happening. Like, I'm a great mom and just watch me like, this is what I gotta do for my kid. And, you know, that I can't see I can't see anybody giving you a hard time about that or fellow teachers. Like, what are you going to do? Give me shit because I'm trying to like love my kid the best that I can. Um, so be strong. You can do that. And I think that's the best move that you can do. And good for you for like standing up for your kid. Awesome. Teacher's playbook is saying, how do you know in capital letters when you have supported admin team? Um, it's like, that's just that for some reason made me think of Whitney Houston, how will I know if he really <laughs> loves me? Um, you just know, right. It's like, you know, my former principal, I've, I've had a lot of unsupportive admin in my, in my life from department heads to grade level deans, to, um, to principals and vice principals and other mystery, important people. And then when I went to West Philly, I have my principal, Dr. Tennant is like the greatest. And I just know he's the greatest because when I had to take my kids, this makes me think of Scottish Revert teachers uh, question. When I had to take my kids to school for the first day, right, like it's my first day of school, like my guys are coming back and my own children are going back to school. Dr. Tennant goes, well, wait, are you coming in a little bit late tomorrow so that you can take your kids to school in the morning? And I like wanted to cry because I'm thinking, I was so nervous, it was the first day of school. I didn't want to miss Brody's first day of school. But he like gave me the okay before I even had to ask. Or one time I was going to California. My brother was getting married. I was going to officiate the wedding. And I wasn't sure if I just fly out for the day and then fly right back because I didn't know. And he was like, no, it's your brother, right? Like you need to go for all the stuff. And then he's like, you're going to hit up Disney while you're in California too, right? And I'm like, well, hell yeah, now I am. So that kind of stuff where principals don't get hung up on the little things. They respect you for an actual professional. Um, They let you go with crazy ideas. Like when my principal paid $400 for us to go on a graffiti class trip, that was the greatest class trip any of my students had ever been on. But like we were learning about graffiti. He saw the importance of that. He saw the kids I was taking and he knew the impact that that would have on those kids. And I think when principals can think outside of the box like that and let you run with like your crazy ideas, sometimes that's when, you know, you have someone truly supportive. What do you got dude? Uh, teaching with Josh is saying, how would you, how would you do if a student had a meltdown? Uh, like how would I deal with it? I think, um, that happens all the time. And typically, I think what I want to do is remove students from the classroom as kind as I can. I usually go over and just like if someone like let's say someone's getting picked on on the low, someone gets a text message, they check in class and something bad happened and they're freaking out about it. Let's say somebody is just having a bad day. One, everybody gets at least one out a year, right? So if I have a kid that comes in, they have a seriously bad headache or they don't feel well or they their mom and then gotten a really bad argument for, for school, everybody gets at least one day a year. Where well, you can just, we just call chalk in it and you can lay on my couch. You can close your eyes. You can just listen to music. And what that's doing is you're, you're are recognizing the humanity in that kid. You're recognizing the fact that they came to you and they had the wherewithal to say, I'm not having a good day. And so they get to just check it. So you could do that with a kid that's having a meltdown as well. The second thing I would do is remove them from the classroom. Say, Hey, come talk to me in the hallway or, or just step in the hallway real quick. You're not in trouble at all. I just want to, you know, give you some space. Then what that's going to do is going to strip away the audience, not the whole class is listening to them anymore. And you have the ability to just talk to that kid for real. And that can help as well. Or call someone up, text someone. Yo, I need you to come down to my room real quick. Like I'm having a hard time with so-and-so. Some other teacher comes down and the teachers I work with do a really great job with this guy, Mr. Rufo last year, who's like my homie at school. I was having a hard time with a kid. I couldn't get him out of my classroom. So I like stepped, just put my head in the hallway. Rufo was luckily at the end of the hallway. I need your help. He came in. He was not a part of the situation. So the kid listened to him more calmly and just said, Hey man, come on, let's just go in the hallway. We'll figure this out. And, and we'll take it from there. And he was able to easily get that kid out into the hallway and it was the best. And so I just think never, ever losing your cool. Even if you feel like you are going to bite your tongue off, you have to remain calm and then just let the kid know, dude, you're not in trouble, even though you're freaking out. What I need you to do is step in the hallway because from the hallway you can send them to the office, you can call somebody up, you can have a conversation with them, you can give them a chance to chill, they're not embarrassed cuz everyone's watching them anymore. It just it it helps with everything when you do that. Um a bunch of numbers asked, "Hey Reynolds, Just wondering if you and, or, and, or your co-teachers use proximity control to keep your guys engaged. If they're off test, do you stand by them? So they feel your presence a hundred percent. Um, I think nothing they're, they're in a pinch, right? Being closer to a kid always helps. I, you know, and enter at your own risk here. Right. So like, um, I feel comfortable enough and I, and I can read kids well enough at this point where like. I can go over and like put my hand on someone's shoulder and say, B you got to chill or I'll write on a post-it note, like keep your head up. Or that was, uh, I learned that from my friend, Randy rebuy, um, who wrote, uh, after the shot drops, if you want to go book for your kids. Um, he used to write, keep your head up, uh, from Tupac and put it on, uh, like post-it notes and then put it down on their desk. Um, just going over, that's where I started like squirting kids with water pistols, or I put tape in their hair, or I put a tissue on the end of a of a ruler, and I just dangle it in their face, and it annoys them, and then they sit up, or they stop talking, or whatever. And so for me, it's that playfulness. But for folks that aren't particularly playful, or you don't want to enter into that space, you don't feel safe doing that. Like just being near a kid. Like if a kid's in the front of the classroom talking, I will often go near whoever talks the most and just sit next to them. I'm not sitting here because you talk a lot like i don't have to tell them like i need to sit near them i'm just being close to you and then if you're talking too much i was like tapping was like bro chill he's talking right now and then that's it. it it helps and works every single time what do you got there lady uh we can do it again Liz- Lizzie ann roman is saying what do you do when a student just doesn't care not only in your class but in school in general i've tried it all with him and he just doesn't care. Here, all right. So Lizzie, I have answered this question a couple of times tonight, but I think it's important. So I'm going to answer it for you now. And I'm going to answer it like this. Not everything happens in the time frame we want it to happen. You can still win, but it's kind of like, you know, I, I heard somebody say one time, I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk talked about like, you know, everyone wants to be a millionaire in the next six months to a year. And then if they can't, they just give up on being a millionaire. But But what if you knew you could be a millionaire in your lifetime if you kept putting in the work? And so what I think that equates to this is you might not be winning right now, and that kid might not be caring right now. But you just – if when you don't give up, right, it doesn't mean you have to focus on just them every day. I actually think it's not a very good move because it's going to mean that you're not giving attention to other students. But when you just keep trying, you can get that kid – To listen to you i think also sometimes using older kids or getting finding what peer group they're in and then maybe like introducing to some new people that do care like sometimes changing a kid's peer group or giving them an out for a peer group really really helps as well and sometimes helping them find their worth like let them clean your boards in your room let them help you hand out papers give them a job so like look i know you don't like doing this when we're in class that this is is someone being a jackass on here um i already did it oh you took care of it all right word uh <clears throat> so they if sometimes like if a kid doesn't want to do whatever we're doing as a pre-class i'll be like look i'll give you the out for that but i need you to do this for me you're gonna like grade these things real quick or you're gonna collect papers or you're gonna um like make copies for me or something like that. And that gives a kid a reason to want to show up. It gives them a sense of ownership over the class. It helps them to want to be there because they like doing all that stuff and they feel important. And then from there, it's like, all right, but if we're gonna, if you get to do this stuff, the next part of the lesson, when we're doing this, I need you a hundred percent locked in, or I'm not gonna give you the opportunity to do this. And that really, it works like most of the time for me. where are we at the top? No uh mo leaf is asking i have a foreign exchange student whose english is terrible i don't know how to teach him math any suggestions so first of all um kids that need to learn english will learn english way faster than you ever thought they could take your time and what you want them to do more than anything is not feel like the outcast not feel like a weirdo not feel like they are a burden on you just like, bro, I got you, man. We are gonna figure this out. It's going to take a while. Last year, I got this dude from Trinidad. Um, felt like a little bit awkward in the beginning of the year. I could, I could sense that in him. But I just made sure that like when he came to school, he knew that like lunch was happening in my room with my homies. And that odd cast of characters that all of you get to see on the videos all the time. And when you're a part of a group like that, you're accepted very, very quickly. You get to just relax a little bit. Um, I got to ask him about himself and learn about him. And then that, you know, when you can get someone to talk about themselves, get them talking about something they enjoy talking about, which is typically themselves or some sport <coughs> that they like, excuse me for a moment. I drink my tiny water. <laughs> Helps them feel relaxed. Helps them feel like you care and they will try harder for you <coughs> dying right
0: now <coughs> oh, you
1: on to YouTube. yeah. So that is, that's kind of where I would start with that. Um, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. What's this dude doing on there? I'm
0: timed him out.
1: Kimberly Wabeck, I don't know what's up with that. I'm going I'm to get rid of this homeboy
0: right now. I did already. Hide user or report? Yeah, let's report.
1: Hate speech. Hate speech. I'm reporting you. And now you're gone.
0: All right. Well, Kimberly right. Walbach has the next question.
1: All right. What's Kimberly Walbeck asking about?
0: What are some really essential things to do during the interview?
1: Uh, during the school interview?
0: Like, I guess for a job. Oh, if you're
1: going for an interview, I think the number one thing that you can do is, one, make sure that you're making this job about the kids and how excited you are to be there and how excited are you are that that school would even ask you for an interview. Like, um, And then learn as much about the school as you can. Oops, that made me cry when I was talking. Um, learn as much about the school as you can and then ask them questions based on things your school does. So you might say like, hey, so I noticed you guys do block scheduling. Let me ask you how that dynamic works. So I noticed that um, you have trimesters instead of quarters. Like how does that work? And so when you start asking them things about themselves, about s- sports there or opportunities, it shows that you've done your homework and it what it's doing is it turns that interview that the school's interviewing you around a little bit and you start interviewing the school and figuring out if it's a place that you want to be and then also like lets them know like yo you, this person like did their homework like they're ready to come in and, and have this interview and I think whenever I'm in an interview with someone they start asking about the school I'm like yo this dude's legit because like that's that's the move that he make and I I appreciate that because what I think what that shows is like You're not just going on all these interviews and wherever you go, you'll land and you're trying to sell yourself, but you're like showing them that like I took enough time to like read up on you guys and figure out what you're interested in and what's important to you. And I read your mission statement and all this stuff. And I think that just shows up. That shows a really good thing about you. Um, E is asking parent teacher meeting advice. I think I'm going to have my first round of parent teacher meetings this year and I'm scared. So one I have a video on my site. If you go to the top of the Real Rap with Reynolds YouTube channel, you can type, there's a place where you can search, just type in like parent-teacher meetings or something like that. I run through this whole thing. And more than anything, look, I, I think it's super important. And I, but you have to believe this, right? You just can't, you can't bullshit parents. I think telling parents that you're not interested in winning arguments. My goal is to help your kid to learn. Right. So if I say I'm having an issue in class because so-and-so keeps sleeping and then the kid goes, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't sleeping. And then the mom goes, well, he says he wasn't sleeping. Well, look, I'm not interested in winning this. I'm telling you what I'm noticing, not to get him in trouble, not to put the blame on him, but to say, this isn't working. So what can we figure out that's going to work? And then asking parents like, well, what would, like, if you see your kid doing this, if they're not, doing homework like what works for you at home to try and get your kid on point like do they need a standing desk do they need um to be removed from the classroom to take a test do they need be able to retest like what's worked in the past and you are acknowledging that the parent knows about their child and then you're that will really really help you um because what it looks like is you're being supportive and you're not there to just put someone on blast uh so that that's what I would do it's super fun like i i it is very, very rare that I have an irate parent come in and say something to me about what I'm doing wrong. It happens, Right. And, but, and sometimes you go, I'm really, if that happens, you just go, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. And I don't, I want to be the best teacher for your kid that I can be. So like, let's figure that out. Like, let's figure out like, like, or let them know, like you're working on how you're going to be better at that, you know, and just take the L sometimes. Sometimes you, sometimes when parents come at you, you were the one that was actually doing something wrong. So just be willing to take that L and then, and then change it. Um, Tasha Hoskins is saying, hello, have you ever encountered severe personality conflicts among students? And how do you manage that? I am a fifth grade teacher and have a few boys who physically fight often. I think, you know, Tasha, the reason anyone fights is because they don't know a better option than that. Um, and because not fighting is, I mean, in my school is, so I teach in inner city, Philadelphia, my boys vulnerability is weakness. You don't tell someone you, you hurt my feelings, right? You Punch them in the face. You don't tell someone, Hey, could you stop doing that? I don't like the way it's making me feel. No, you just punch them in the face. And so Because punching someone in the face or fighting them makes you look like a man, makes you look like you handled your shit. And you know, the problem with that is, you know, I have to, you have to work on it with the kids to help them figure out that like what you're doing is trying to figure out what to do with the anger that's inside of you. How can we best handle that? Because what you're doing right now is you're not winning. What is it that you want to do in this life? Do you want to be an engineer, a doctor, you want to play in the NFL, whatever it is that you want to do, and you reverse engineer that. Getting in fights does not help you. It's actually going to put like a mark on your record that could potentially keep you out of a particular school or a college or away from the military or whatever it is that you want to do. And so this doesn't, it doesn't help your plan. So like, this is the plan, right? This is what we're working towards. So to do that, we're going to have to learn how to manage our anger, manage our fear, manage our anxiety in a different way. And then try and act literally sit down with that kid and go, what would work best for you? Right. Is it separating yourself and listening to music for five minutes? Is it taking a walk and getting a drink, stepping into the hallway, moving your seat to somewhere else? Um, And then letting those kids know that they're actually worth something, that they're actually valuable, that they are worth so much that you don't want to see that happen to them. Um, And then try, you know, this is a little bit more counselling than a lot of people do, but like, what is going on there? like why does the kid feel so much anger why do they feel so much anxiety because when you can figure out a, like that someone had something horrific happen to them and you can at least get them to share that what it does is i think it takes those things down a notch you're not so full of that anger you let it out a little bit but the thing is you have to keep letting it out a little bit a little bit a little bit and you can be the person that helps them with that you can maybe sit with a group of other adults like Teachers in the building or the principal, and say, "We're not here to vilify you. We're here to try and understand where you're coming from, so we can meet you there and then help you get to where you need to be because this isn't working for you in any way, shape, or form." Um, All right, we're
0: way over time already. Twenty minutes over, so we'll answer a few more questions and then, sorry for.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, Let's do two more. All right, let's do two more. Um, Hat. light and storm fights is saying have you ever stopped a fight in your class or in the hallway so i have i don't like to do it though um i do one time i stopped a fight using the force uh where two kids were fighting i swear this happened it was friggin' awesome and i go stop fighting and they and i said you will do this now and they literally were like holding on to one another about the punch and they just looked at me i said you will stop fighting now. And they did. And I was like, in my back of my head, I'm thinking, holy shit, I can't even believe that just happened. Like, that's mind boggling. Um, But I've stopped fights with playing love jams. This is real stuff that I've done, where someone was about to fight. And I will say, wait, wait, wait. if you're going to fight, I don't want my room messed up. We got to like move the desks in a circle. So like, this is like, for real, or I want you to be on YouTube. If you're going to fight, I gotta have it on YouTube. It's gonna make me look a lot tougher. Um, or saying, "We don't fight now, but look, if can we do this after school? Like, I'll get everyone to show up. It'll be awesome. We'll get like a whole circle of kids. It'll be great." I've played the love song from Karate Kid Two, which is queued up on my desktop in case anyone ever starts arguing, because no one wants to fight while their sweet love jams playing in the background. Um, Another times, I've just had to break up fights and try not to get my face punched in. Uh, But, you know, I don't suggest doing the weird stuff if that's not you, but I'm just saying for me, what that does is, especially for boys, I read a study one time that said, boys, when they get into a fight, number one, they want everyone to know about it. That's why they yell super loud before they do it. Two, they don't want to get hit. They want to get in there. They want to land some punches to save face. And then they want their friends or someone else to break it up, which is why we let the whole world know before we fight girls will lock themselves secretly in a bathroom and pull out each other's hair and nails and it's real nasty. Um but boys don't don't operate that way. Also boys are typically and I teach boys so that's why I'm speaking that typically looking for an out before the fight happens. No one ever really wants to fight, right? They want to get the anger out. They want to say face. They want to not look like a punk in front of everyone else and they want to protect their honor. But if you can give them a laugh, a moment a breath it oftentimes releases that or gives them the out to just say like everyone's kind of laughing now or they made you laugh and they can even be like yo kind of like you're lucky that Reynolds just played love jams because like we were about to get into it and like that's fine I can I'll provide the out for you but like sometimes kids just want the out before it happens uh we don't sarah childs
0: yeah
1: nice uh one. sarah childs the only schooling mom is saying favorite teacher movies my favorite teacher movies of all time are of course dead poet society that got me to want to be that on some level to want to be a teacher um and oh gosh i don't know there's a there's one.
0: Oh, I the drug it's, uh, what's
1: oh half called? nelson bam oh, yes. talk about the opposite of every other teacher movie, Half Nelson is about is Ryan Gosling when back when he used to do independent movies and he is a crack addict who is a history teacher who wants to be a really good history teacher but he struggles with this drug addiction and there's this little girl in his class that he really connects with and um he like wants to be better for her. It's just beautiful. And then there's another movie that is in french that i'm gonna i think it's the choir or something like that it's like a choir teacher goes into a school that's really great but more than teacher movies i think boy meets world man i think mr feeney is the greatest fictional teacher of all time he was no nonsense he loved the kids he didn't bs he gardened which is just awesome um he was legit and consistent every single day and was like ride or die with those kids no matter what so i that's why I, someone sent me a feeny picture this year and i put it in a frame it's in my room and none of my students know who it is but like he's my favorite fictional teacher of all time so look gang before you get out of here um someone asked me about these shirts and i they said do i have shirts to sell i don't know that i would sell this particular shirt but if you were interested in shirts from the real rap with reynolds world let me know leave a comment so that i know if this is like something that I should do. Um, But if you're looking for teacher shirt, shirt, teacher shirts in general, I would say go to Vanessa at My Second Grade Life on YouTube and um, Instagram. She sells them, and she made this lovely shirt for me, and that's why I'm wearing it this evening. Uh, And that's it. Oh, and to the woman that asked me to speak, yo, here's the gig. If you ever have any interest in having me come and speak at your school, I don't care where you teach. You can teach in Israel because I have a homie there that I'm trying to get in with. Um, you could teach in Kansas or Illinois or New Mexico, wherever. Um, if you can get me there, I'll come speak wherever you are. I don't care where it is because I love that stuff, and I love engaging with people, and I love bringing value as much as I possibly can. What are you whispering over
0: there? Just ask your administration.
1: Just ask your administration. Say, I know this dude. Here's some videos. You should have him come speak at the school. It would be awesome. If you
0: sent an email, we're getting it.
1: Oh, and real quick, if you sent me an email, I swear to you, I am trying to get emails back. It takes so long, and I've been getting so many they do, it. they matter to me, right? I read them
0: and, and,
1: it, and I'm really working hard to get there. So please hang in there um, and know that you are not lost in the sauce. I will 100% email you back and you will love it because I'll send your own little video and hopefully it won't be weird for you. But don't send me a video back because that's, no, no it's, it's hard because then people are like, they're not just writing that, how they appreciate what I do. They're like actually telling me and I'm like, oh, and that's another thing I'm working on taking compliments. But anyway, gang, I really think you're a fantastic group. If you have any other questions, leave them in the comments. If you can help me with any of those, like my man Richard Roycer has been rocking all night, please help me out. Uh, it really helps that like, we are a community of educators working together for the betterment of one another and for kids. And that's it. Peace.